Alrighty, ladies and gentlemen, welcome in episode 233 of the Get Around Podcast, correct? Is that where we're at this week, 233? I believe so, yeah. We're, we only, yeah, we're two past the, the Traverse City episode. Yeah. Rolling along here at the Traverse City Record Eagle Sports Department, uh, I am the sports editor, Brendan Queeley, host of the Get Around Podcast. For I'm I'm got to be getting close to getting my lead back by this point. I feel like because I know I only hosted the first 37, and I'm trying to remember I've been hosting this now since I came back uh, a little over a year ago. So I probably got another 40. But no, I I bet you think Jake Atnip is still the all-time leading host, James? Maybe because that was quite a while. I mean, he had basically like three years in there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well. Uh, I'm still the, uh, as as I'm lovingly referred to as the podfather of the Get Around podcast, since this is my lovely creation. And hopefully uh, we've got plenty of uh, audible viewers left from uh, year one now on to year five or six, wherever we're at. Um, but uh, happy to have all of you along with me and happy to have Jordan Puente and James Cook along with me as well for the episode 233, which is brought to you by... Jimmy John's. Jimmy John's has a couple of locations in Traverse City, and they make subs that are freaky fresh. They do it freaky fast because they're Jimmy John's. Freak, yeah. There you go. Awesome. All right. Looking up the uh, area code. All right. What do we want to start with this week, boys? Do we want to start with the area code game, or are we are we jumping into the uh, Bear Lake Lake Bears and the Manistee Manatees? I don't know. I was in Manistee last week. Uh, and... Did you get any feedback? Was anyone there like, oh, James, we listen to the podcast. We listen to it all the time. We're religious, audible viewers of the Get Around, and we agree with you. We want it to be the Manistee Manatees. Did you hear that? I didn't, I didn't, really, I didn't really get that. I think most people were kind of uh, – uh, most people were focused on the football game. Oh, yeah. Well, and Manistee wasn't in the volleyball game, so there wasn't a whole lot of people from Manistee there at the game. Oh, all right. Well – my Definitely. next plan is I'm gonna I'm gonna rent one of those um, uh, biplanes and have a big uh, banner floating in the back uh, that says hashtag Manistee Manatees, uh, and then another one right behind it that says uh, hashtag uh, Lake Bears, and that's you know it's gonna cost me some money, but I'm I'm going for it. I, I really think that this is an important. It's an important quest that we're all on. Jordan, have you figured out what your team is? Still searching, still searching. Um, I don't know why. Obviously, there's a lot of names that... There's a lot of animal names. There's a ton of animal names. I kind of realized that. Obviously, that's cool to have some animal names. But the names that you were suggesting um, last week with some of the schools that are in your area where you are at currently, which is not where we are at, but where you are Correct. at, Currently, got some very interesting names, and that kind of gravitated me to think of outside of the box. That is not a animal or comet or whatever names that are surrounding some of these high schools. But you got to have the creativity. Yeah, you exactly. got to have the creativity of of like minor league baseball teams. Correct. That's what you're looking for. Right? Yes. When you've got like the Savannah Bananas and Bingo, uh, the Burlington Sock Puppets. Right? Is that what they are? That is an awesome. I think name. it's I yeah, think even it's if that is like not. It used to be the Burlington Bees, but oh, I think sock they changed. Burlington Bees, but, sock uh, but yeah, there's the Trash Pandas. I, here's there's one here, team that's the Trash the, Pandas. That's great. 
Yo, the sock puppet. I that think sounds that awesome. I think Jordan, your your quest needs to be as much as I love TC United for lacrosse, and I do. I think it's Ooh. really good. Uh, you've got to find some school to take over the Thunder Squirrels, which Thunder was the co-op. Yeah, that was the co-op um, lacrosse team for a while here in Traverse City, the Traverse City Thunder Squirrels. That was just the TC so, Central one. Oh, it was just when the TC Central one. Why did, they, why, did, yeah. why did they fade away from Thunder Squirrel? That yeah. is an awesome name. It is. Yeah, I don't know. I don't even know what a Thunder Squirrel is. I don't either. But the West, West was the Bayhawks, and St. Francis was the Crusaders. Why are it's they back when they were club teams going away from these awesome names? Thunder Squirrel sounds like a Bayhawks. superhero to me, man. Yeah, a superhero. Yeah, so, definitely. Okay, Thunder Bear Lake Lake Bears, Bear Lake Lake Bears, Manistee Manatees, and some school has to be Thunder Squirrels. Thunder Squirrels. That's all we ask. That's all we ask. That's all we ask. That's it. And then we'll give up. Yeah. We'll give up on this ridiculous quest of where I just keep spending so much money on television advertisements, commercials, I do gotta planes ask. with banners. I do gotta ask. We do tend to drive up and down northern Michigan, and so we've seen a lot of squirrels. Seen a lot of squirrels. Now, my question: This is going to be such a very odd question to ask, but I have to ask it. Who has the most squirrels? Because whoever has the most squirrels in that town can definitely coin themselves Thunder Squirrels. I don't think it's possible to figure that's that hard, out. That's a hard one. I know. I know. That's a All very right, hard they, one. That's your, that's, they would take a lot homework. of research. A lot of research. Yeah. A lot of digging. By a lot you. of digging. Yeah. Lot of Jordan, digging. that's your homework for next that is my week. Homework. Next week, I so, want you to come into this podcast with any, data about squirrel populations in northern Michigan. If I'm serious. If I don't get that from you next Monday, you're out of here. It is. It's that I would call. I honestly, I really need to start. I would start doing that research. Where are the squirrels? Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of uh, a lot of squirrels, uh, anyone else notice while they were driving uh, a lot of dead deer? Yes. On the yes. side of the road. My goodness. Yes. It is like. Is that normal? Is that normal? I, I mean, I guess for this, I it seemed like a a lot of dead deer this year when I've been driving around. It just seems more than usual. I don't know if you guys noticed that, but I definitely noticed uh, that. It's that time of the year when the deer population is moving because of archery season going on, one, and they're in the rut. So they're, okay. they're moving around for other reasons. Well, we need hunt, hunting season to open up here pretty soon to kind of help get that population back to a, a healthy a healthy number, I think. So, although I'm not a hunter, uh, not even an advocate for it, but uh, I understand its use. That time of year. So. All right. Let's get into the area code game, though. Since uh, we did 2-3-2 last week, um, or no, we did 2-3-3 last week. We've got to do 2-3-4. So what were, our, what were our guesses last week, James? Uh, let's see. I guess Pennsylvania. Uh, for uh, for Brockmire, uh, Jordan guessed Texas for Friday, Texas. Night Friday Night Lights, and uh, you right. guessed Kansas, which I'm forgetting what show Kansas? Was for. Oh, Ted Lasso. Okay, yeah. Because he's, yeah. he's from Wichita. Uh, yeah, okay. And the winner is... of episode 233 is... Is none of us. 
Really? Oh boy. Apparently, uh, there there isn't really a two three three error code. Really? What I'm looking up, what I'm finding is that saying anything that comes from two three three is a is a spam call, and two, the two three three is the country code for Ghana. Huh. Okay. <clears throat> boy. How about yep. that? All right. How about that? Susquehanna Valley. Wait a minute. Oh no. Okay, that's two two three. Is for central, south central Pennsylvania. I, th- I was about oh, to give you the goodness. win, James, but uh, it didn't show up. All right, two three four. I am going to go with this because I may have watched a couple of episodes on Amazon Prime uh, during Halloween, and even though that we recorded last Halloween, it was after that. A little show called Erie, Indiana. I don't know if you guys remember that from the nineties. I think it was on for like maybe. Six episodes before it was canceled. Maybe it got 13. Let's check that out. Let's look. Uh, it was, yeah, it was a kind of like an Are You Afraid of the Dark kind of show. Um, but uh, yeah, it was it was really good. 19 episodes, one season. Uh, it ran from September 15th, 1991 to April 12th, 1992. So well before Jordan was born. Yeah, that was born in 95. Yeah, way before. A couple years. So, yeah, on NBC. Great show. Loved it. Even though there is no Erie, Indiana, Erie, Indiana does not exist. Erie, Pennsylvania does. Yes. I'm going to go. I'm, for the third time, I'm going to pick Indiana because I picked Hawkins yeah. for Stranger Things and Pawnee for Parks and Rec. For Parks and Rec. Mom. Even though Indiana is a complete garbage state, it does have some good, <laughs> uh, does have some good shows set uh, in that state. I mean, we can all agree on it. Indianapolis 500 did not deserve that. We, we can all agree that, yeah. Indiana is, it's a pass-through state. Nobody wants to stay in Indiana. Anyone who's who moves to Indiana, it's not by choice. It's solely for it's a, a job it, or money. Yeah, it, it's, it's a bad <laughs> stroke of luck if you have to live in Indiana. The Colts don't deserve that. The Colts just fired their coach. And they hired Jeff Saturday. They, did. they hired a guy Jeff who Saturday. has never coached in the at the ah. college or professional level. Coach high school. Saturday He's coached Sunday, high school baby. and had a losing record coaching his son's high school team. <laughs> Out in Georgia. That's great. Out in Georgia. That's Let's so go, good. Jeff Saturday. Um, All right, you want so to go I went with Indiana. Erie, Indiana. What are you guys going with? <clears throat> go ahead. Well, it may not always be sunny in Philadelphia, but I'm going to go Philadelphia. I love it. I love that we're picking TV shows with the city or state in the name. There you go. I went with Erie, Indiana. You went with It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Oh, yeah. James, can you somehow... I'm going to ruin it because I already, <laughs> okay. had, mine, I already had mine picked out. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, I'm going to go with Virginia, which would be the uh, FBI headquarters for X-Files. Ooh. Dude, I was that was my other choice because I was I've also been watching X Files recently Ooh. because I just get a little you know it was spooky season so I was watching it was literally between Erie Indiana and the X Files. Wow, how about that? Great minds think alike, James. Dang. Awesome. Okay. So, uh, sweet. Nice All right, point. we got that going. Nice we've we've taken care of business at the top of the show like we need to. So let's go ahead and get into the pulse and talk about. Uh, the remainder of the fall sports season, which could be over for our coverage area Saturday. Damn. That is a possibility. 
I'm not, I don't think that it will be. I think that we will still have some teams playing next week, but, uh, but who knows what that's going to be like. Uh, we'll, we'll start with uh, the football playoffs, uh, and we've got St. Francis as the uh, only ship left afloat uh, after we saw Gaylord St. Mary lose. Obviously, Benzie Central lost to St. Francis. We also had East Jordan lose to Everett, and uh, we had Manistee, the Manatees, lose uh, as well. Um, although most of those were pretty close games up until the fourth quarter, it seemed like. I mean, even the Gaylord St. Mary uh, Marion game was close all the way through, 14-0. Uh, I know that East Jordan was within a touchdown of Everett in the fourth quarter, and, and uh, I believe... Uh, Manistee was tied with Gladstone uh, in the in the fourth quarter as well. So it's not like these teams got got blown out or anything like that. I mean, final score definitely would might tell you that uh, that was the case for a couple of those games, but it, but it certainly wasn't. Um, are we surprised that we're sitting here after just the second week of football playoffs? Have only one team left. James, have you ever been a part of? A, of something like this where it's we're down to one so quickly i don't think i don't think so no usually there's several i mean was it just a couple years ago we had six playing in the semifinals i think on the same weekend wow. i mean it was it was crazy I mean, we had mm-hmm. we had central the year they went that was the year they went to the finals uh, i think cadillac was playing in the semifinals that year um, or no, it was the year that Cadillac went to the finals. So Central was Central lost in the semifinals. You had Cadillac, St. Francis. You had Sutton's Bay playing in the eight-man finals. You had Joburg was playing in the uh, semifinals. And uh, Kingsley as well. So we ended up hiring freelancers that day. <laughs> we had so many games going on that Saturday. Wow. Wow. Yeah, this is, this is one of those anomaly-like... Uh, football playoffs uh, for us to to have it have it go go down to one uh, so quickly. Uh, James, can you talk to me a little bit about that game? Uh, looking at it on paper, it, it should have been St. Francis running away with that one, based on at least the the I think that they played in week three, but uh, that wasn't the case. And I think that's interesting because that's one of the things that I heard from from Jason Cat, the uh, the coach. Uh, of Benzie Central, he said to me, he's like, every team on paper this season was better than us, but they weren't always better than us on uh, on the day of the game. And they almost pulled up, which would have been probably the ups of the, maybe not the decade, but certainly the year across all high school sports in Michigan. Well, I mean, they got into the playoffs at three and six. Okay, yeah, never mind. That's, wow. How many? There was only how many teams that got into the playoffs that won, that with losing records that won their first round game. I think it was only a, a, a couple. three, four, and yeah. six. And it, wow, hey, three and six. Man. They were they were, were three and six. six, six they were one of yeah, yeah. They were one of six three win teams to get into the playoffs, and they were one of only three three win teams to to get a win. Now I didn't check into what teams got in at at, at four and five, and which of those four and five teams got wins, um, but. It, it wasn't many, I can say that. So Benzie Central doing what they did, you know, getting that that upset win against Charlevoix and then putting a scare into St. Francis. 
does that help or, or hurt the Gladiators, James, having, having Benzie give them a game? Oh, I think it's got to help. Um, I think uh, not having much of a game the first week of the playoffs, I think maybe definitely hurt St. Francis as well, uh, playing Lance, and that was a game where they essentially played their JVs most of the time. And, uh, I mean, they held out White and Osadis. He didn't even play a quarterback, so. <clears throat> and then, yeah, and Benzi, Benzi came in with a game plan. They knew they couldn't run up the middle on him. Like, the, after the game, Jason Cott was like, he's like, yeah, we knew we couldn't run on Donahue and Hathaway at, at linebacker in the middle. So we had to go on the outside. So they just kept running these pitch plays, wide pitch plays, one side or the other, pretty much the whole game. They would do a, a draw or a counter here or there in the middle just to keep the defense honest. But, uh, yeah, they were just they were just using their speed that they had in their couple of backs and trying to get those guys out on the perimeter. And then the same thing with, with throwing them passes out of, out of the perimeter too. Um, they actually outgained St. Francis by seven yards in the game. In total yardage, three thirty to three twenty-three. Wow, that hasn't happened uh, in quite a while, I would imagine, because I don't think Lumen Christie outgained them. I don't think so. I don't remember if I had those access to those specific stats after that game, but you know that was a. I mean, how many? That was what nine weeks ago. Yeah. So. Uh, and those two teams could play again. You never know, because uh, they're both still going. And what are we looking at uh, for Saturday's game, a 1 p.m. kickoff? There will be, uh, they've got Ithaca, who is one of the more dominant football programs uh, of the 21st century. Yeah, yeah, very, very dominant. I mean, their only loss is up back in week two to Standish Sterling by four points, and Standish Sterling was a really good team this season as well, um, you know, top ten team in Division Six. So, I mean, they've they've been, for the most part, Aside from that game, just steamrolling teams. Every single team, they have steamrolled. I mean, yeah, they've, uh, you know, Ravenna is a, a really good program. In the last week in the playoffs, they they beat them 63-27. to 27. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Uh, they had, you know, they got, Homer gave them a game in the first week of the season, 60-39. to 39. But, I mean, when you're scoring 60 points in a game, that basically means the other team probably really never stopped you. You, you scored on almost every possession. So it's just a matter of your defense making a couple of stops, which if the other team only got 39, then they did. But I think it's one of those powerhouse programs. I mean, we know when uh, you know Peyton Smith came here from Ithaca and yep. immediately was Traverse City Central's starting quarterback. Yeah. Like the day he walked into the school. And I don't know if uh... – I'd say Ithaca's stadium is is probably one that rivals uh, Thurlby. I mean, it might even be might even be better because I know that they've poured. They got a donation of like, I think a million dollars uh, from an anonymous donor uh, who I happen to actually know who it was. Um, and, was it Peyton Smith's family? Huh, you know what? Might have been. <laughs> who also donated the money for the scoreboard at, at Thurlby Field. Oh, that's interesting. Maybe I don't. Uh, you know, yeah. the one with a, the one with just a, a, you know, the family with a, a money, could have been. It's mm-hmm. possible, James. That's detective work, my friend. Um, yeah, but is. yeah, they've done a bunch of renovations down at their stadium down there. Um, 
and it's uh, it, yeah, it's it's gorgeous. So that will be that will be a, a fun game between those two teams, and it'll be it, it's going to be a test for for St. Francis, and I, I hope that they will take what they learned fr- Friday and put it into practice uh, on Saturday. Yeah, because as I mean, Coach Seller said in, after the game, he's like, "This has got to be a wake up call for our guys." So you know, he he thought it was going to be a positive. Yeah, I was going to ask because I mean, when he was telling me that Benji was still in the game, I my immediate reaction was, "Oh, they may they anything could happen. They may actually pull off one of the wildest upsets ever." But obviously, they didn't. Um, they were ahead in the first quarter. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So any. For Benji to stick around and St. Francis allowing them to stick around, to play a team where we're looking at all of their scores has been blowouts. St. Francis, same thing. All of their scores has been blowouts. Um, what challenges do you think the opponent could bring to them that St. Francis are going into it may not have seen or have seen but haven't been able to clean up? Uh, well, I mean, Ithaca... Ithaca traditionally runs a spread offense, so it's not the 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 run heavy offense that you see a lot in Northern Michigan. Uh, you know, wing T based offenses. So it's going to be a different scheme that they're facing this week. Um, so that's going to be one big adjustment. Ithaca also is Ithaca is like St. Francis. It's it's one of the the powerhouses in that division, along with you know Lumen Christi and. Palmer Westphalia and those kind of schools. So it's like schools they played against in the earlier, earlier in the season, essentially. Yeah, I mean they're a top. I mean Ithaca's ranked number three in the state in Division Seven. This is why St. Francis put Lumen Christie and and picked up Lawton and Detroit Country Day on their regular season schedule, so they would be ready for a game that they're going to face uh, on Saturday. That's smart. So. All right, uh, let's move along to volleyball. We had some district tra- champions crowned uh, last week, and we've got regional starting uh, tomorrow. Uh, we're recording this Monday, possibly today when you're listening to it. Maybe it happened yesterday if you're listening to this on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Um, but we've got Traverse City Central taking on Sault Ste. Marie and Gaylord. Uh, we have Cadillac versus Midland Bullet Creek. They're at Gladwin. Uh, Charlevoix and Elk Rapids at East Jordan. McBain versus Ithaca at Lake City. Gaylord St. Mary versus Leland, uh, which was taken to five sets by uh, Glen Lake. Uh, the Snowbirds and the Comets are facing off at Bel Air. And then McBain NMC hosts Onekama, not to be confused with one comma. Um, out of those, uh, what are the what do you feel like is uh, the most interesting matchup? Uh, I I look at Charlevoix and Elk Rapids for sure, and James, I, I know you're going to be going there uh, on Tuesday. Unfortunately, we will not be traveling to Manistique uh, to cover that championship game because I don't think anybody wants to drive five and a half hours to the UP. Yeah, I'm not going to volunteer for that one. I don't think. Uh, yeah, Manistique. Is I'm gonna not going to assign it to you, so don't worry. Yeah, Manistique is a, at least at least four hours. Maybe more than that. I mean, it, it's it's almost Escanaba. Yeah, it is. It, it's it's a long drive. I've made that drive. Yeah. So. Yeah. Not not. Tell me about the. Not, you know what, fun. James? Instead of that, I want to hear about the uh, 
the golden toe of Riley Yoakum. And I know we'll talk about that a little bit later uh, when we get to the Get Around Hall of Fame, but uh, you were there and saw it uh, live and in person and then wrote a perfect, short, and punchy lead uh, for that story that I just absolutely loved and texted you immediately and said how great I thought it was. Yeah, well, the, they uh, they had won the first two sets um, in that game against uh, you know a pretty pretty solid Benzie Central team that, that was uh, that was giving them a go, and then and that third game, Benzie was playing them even closer and looked like maybe he was going to be able to to pull out a a win there, and then just during this one point, uh, a girl from Benzie hit a shot right in the middle of the defense, and Riley Yoakum, who's the the only senior. Uh, I know Grappens is a soccer or volleyball team. She's the setter. Um, just, just stuck her foot out, and like soccer style, made a dig with her foot. And then kick saving a beauty. Yeah, right. And then she, and then, then they, and they got the point. And then a couple hits later, yeah. Um, uh, Benzie hits the ball back over the neck net, and Morgan Burquist just goes up and hammers it back. Like they didn't even do a set. She just hammered the original shot back. <laughs> <laughs> and got, <laughs> they got the point, and then they went on a ten to two run to close out the the match. After that, wow, wow, yeah, wow. Who was that? Who was that? Was that, was that uh, Bucci Grass uh, on Sports Center? He used to say, "Kick save and a beauty." Yeah. Oh, it's like a long. Hey, that's that's the thing. It goes way back in hockey, but yeah, yeah. Does it go way back? Okay. Yeah. So I yeah. think he kind of revived it and kept it going. Yeah. Jordan, you were there for the uh, the Glen Lake Leland Five Setter. You were also there the night before for the uh, the Boyne City uh, yeah. and Sheboygan uh, Five Setter. Which one of those was better? Ooh. Well, I'm gonna say this Leland, but you can't dismiss what it took for Boyne City to be where they were. They were in five sets the game before. Going into another five set against Sheboygan. Yeah, um, back to back five setters uh, in exactly. district play. Exactly. Not easy. Like it's not easy, and they the fact that they were able to do it, they stuck around. Unfortunately, they didn't pull it off. But I mean, hats off to them because that's that's unreal. Like that's that takes a lot of mental and determination to not fall off and not just. Say okay, yeah, we don't have a chance. No, they stuck around. Um, same with Leland. Um, that yeah, I mean, we both were at that game. We, I couldn't believe it. Um, what a game that was as well. Yeah, I showed up to the to the Leland Glen Lake one almost at the end of the first set. Yeah, and I went and I stood by you. <laughs> and Leland won the first one. I was there for like maybe a point or two uh, before Leland won that first set, twenty-five to sixteen. Then Glen Lake won the next two, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Well, I'm going to go on the other side uh, because, yep, my puppy's here, my dog is here. Hello, oh, what's up? Okay, yeah, good, good boy." Um, and I was like, "Well, I'm going to go on the other side and get some photos of Glen Lake because I thought, you know, I was like, all right, they've got all the momentum. I think they're probably going to win." Uh, and then they lost, and I went. Well, I've been on the side of the losing team for the last three sets. I went and I sat in the bleachers and I sat directly in the middle. I sat because 
I was like, I, I, I knew in my in my head, in my head, I'm like, this isn't your doing. But then there was also a part of me that was like, what if you're the cause of this and you taking photos is, is the reason? So I went and I sat in the bleachers straight down the middle. Like I was staring at the net because I didn't want to be a factor uh, in how that fifth set turned out. And, and So you believe in superstition right then and there in that given moment you were like, Oh, I believe in superstition. I'm going to move. Okay, I don't know if I believe in superstition, but I, I believe that other people believe in superstition, and I didn't want anyone to be upset with me. You know, come up to me like, you were the one on the other side taking photos, and you screwed up our players. I didn't want I didn't want that. So that's like why for I me, it. it. For me, I stayed put, because that's why I was when I first, uh, the, for the quarter. For, yeah, quarter... No, for some eyes. I was standing in that same spot. So I I do believe in it. So that's why when you moved, I'm like, oh, no way. But, yeah, no. Um, honestly, yeah, that game was insane. Probably one of, not if, the one of the most exciting volleyball games I've ever witnessed in my life. Glen Lake, Glen Lake was so good. Oh, my goodness. They were dominating. They, Glen Lake was so good in that game. Oh, yeah. And, the, and, and then Leland's ability to I mean they were down two sets to one and they had no momentum None. and then to come back in that fourth set and do what they did and they got down early in the fourth set early in the fourth set they got down and they still came back and won super never, impressive I heard this from someone never count out Lori Glass when it comes to playoff volleyball never count out so um, yeah kudos to the team kudos to I, I've been told they're called the Towers because they have not one, not two, but more than three tall, very tall six-foot defenders up in the front that can block, spike, set, do everything you need to to have to win a volleyball game. They utilize them, and that's then they won. So, but yeah, no, that, that's what, Fiona, Fiona Moore, Kelsey Allen, and Alexis. Shelby Shelby yeah, Shelby Pumada, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's it's unreal. I've never seen that. I one interesting thing about Leland volleyball that you don't see from a lot of other teams, and I noticed this in the match against Kingsley, <clears throat> two of the better teams in the area. Uh, when Lori Glass calls a timeout, the coaches don't go into the huddle. No, she's just like, "You sort this out yourselves." Yeah, like when they're when they're. When they're you know in a situation where the coach has to call a timeout to kind of slow things down or whatever, the players just huddle up and talk it out amongst themselves. And there's not a coach in there unless something is drastically wrong. Yeah. Well, I will tell you then. I will tell you this. Lori Glass was in those huddles. Yeah. yeah. And against yeah. Kingsley, she she was not. There was one at the very end um, where this an assistant coach was in there. No. Against Glen Lake. Oh, she was. Lori Lori was in there and oh, yeah. she was she was talking. Oh yeah. For sure. Mm-hmm. So, all right, let's go over. Uh, we'll look at a very busy Saturday uh, that we had. Uh, fortunately, and I say this only for our sanity. Uh, certainly, unfortunate for uh, the teams that lost, but um, not having Elk Rapids or Leland in the soccer state finals on Saturday was an absolute blessing for us only because we would not have been able to cover everything the way that we wanted to cover it uh because we had Iceman 
We had cross-country state finals. We had the, we would have had the two state championship soccer games on Saturday. Swimming. And we had the swimming coastal conference championships. Uh, so still busy, still very busy. Uh, but just kind of wanted to go over uh, the Iceman and the Tritons. If anyone hasn't yet, I know it's gotten a lot of reads. Uh, there's been a, a lot of shares and a lot of looks uh, online, which has been great because I'm really proud of it. But if you haven't had the chance yet, uh, I go and, and read the, the story that I wrote about Cassie McQuaid Stone. Uh, she is a 44-year-old mother of three, um, and she was diagnosed with MS uh, in 2000 after getting into a car accident on Christmas Eve of 1999. Uh, at this point, she's uh, pretty much blind in her right eye, uh, has lost most of the feeling uh, and use of her right side because of MS. Uh, and yet she competed in and completed, despite a, a, a rough crossing of the finish line, uh, her first Iceman a 31-mile bike race from Kalkaska to Traverse City, for her first one since 2011, and her third one overall. And this is a woman who's run marathons, uh, trained for the Ironman, uh, has done other uh, 5Ks, other races, other you know other foot races, other bike races, um, all while battling uh, MS, which is an incredibly painful and debilitating uh, disease that takes you out both physically and, and emotionally because of the toll that it takes on your body. Uh, what an absolute inspiration this woman is. Uh, and wonderfully honest and gives you great perspective and just has such, I mean, I guess if you have this disease for 22 years and you're living with it, you gain some perspective and, and you understand things. Um, but, I really advise you to, to, to go read it because she talks about what it was like when she first got the diagnosis and how she felt embarrassed and how she didn't feel like she was allowed to actually be in pain because no one could see it, you know, with her disease. You can't, it's not on the surface. Mm -hmm. um, and so she talked about that and how she stayed small and quiet for a while until she decided that she was going to fight back against this disease and, and not let it take away the things that she wanted to try and so she's done all of these these amazing things and uh she she knows you know and she told me she's like i'm pretty sure that saturday is my last ice man um and uh she went out and and did it uh she had a friend by her side and uh they, they did the whole 31 miles and it was like i said wow. super inspirational so go out and and, and make sure you read that story it's uh, you know it was in Sunday's uh, sports section of the Record Eagle, and, and uh, it's it's online at uh, record record-eagle.com backslash sports. So, James, how did you enjoy the uh, Iceman? You were able to get out of there right before that, like, wicked five-minute downpour. Yeah, I got to enjoy that while I was driving um, near the airport where there was a massive backup because uh, everybody, just, everybody just slowed down. I mean, it was... It, for so a few minutes there, it was just a so bad, an absolute monsoon, and you could barely see, like your your windshield wipers couldn't keep up with it no. for a little right. bit, no. and so people were just pulling off, and people were just stopping in the middle of the road on Airport Road where I was at, coming back to the office. <clears throat> but luckily, I mean the for the race itself, 
the the rain held off for the most part. I mean, uh, the the track itself was a little a little sloppy, but not too bad because of the rain overnight and everything. The racers were actually pretty happy with it for the most part. Um, kind of splattered in mud, but not caked <laughs> <laughs> in mud. So, uh, so the weather actually turned out to be pretty decent. I I overdressed. What? For the race, and uh, had to like take a, take a layer off. Now like, we're not talking like formal wear here. You were even overdressed, like wearing a tuxedo. You, you just put no. On I, too many layers, I put on right? too many. I put on too many layers. I was expecting it to be colder than it was, and and it was supposed to be really really windy. Anyway, but out there, it really wasn't. You know, because you're in the trees and everything, so the wind wasn't too much of a factor. So, uh, so it wasn't too bad. I was expecting a lot worse. And then Jordan, you were down in uh, Manistee. Yeah, I was inside with the manatees. Kind of hot. It was kind of hot inside. I like I said, I, well, yeah. I overdressed too, um, and then realized I didn't didn't even need a sweater or pants because I could have just worn shorts inside of a swim pool. But you know, I live and learn. But yeah, no, that yeah, was as cool. long as long as you kept your clothes on while you're there. Yeah, that's what I obviously. Well, yeah, that's obviously, all. That's, what, that's, that's all just, I you know, Just. You know, had a had a third out there, but yeah, no, it was cool. Um, what a what a meet! Congrats to the TC Titans. They are what you would call back to back champs. Um, that was really cool, dude. Um, I've been I've been fortunate enough to cover not just one but three, I believe. Yeah, three swim meets. Um, and each time I've chatted with a few of the swimmers, you can tell they were willing to communicate, to speak to me, because you, you know, I don't know, I. I I don't know how it is with you guys, but when you speak to student athletes, they tend to be in their shell. And the more times you speak to them, the more willing they are to open and speak longer and more fluent sentences. It, it was like that with for the TC Titans, and it, it was it was cool to see them get it again. I, obviously, I wasn't there last year, but for them to win it again back to back years, and not only win it back to back, but they are sending not one, not two. Four uh, female, four girls swimmers from the 200, 200 relay team are going to state the weekend before Thanksgiving in Oak, uh, Oakland University. So Which is awesome. Those, I'm uh, glad we were there for it, man. I'm glad we were able to get there and and uh, and cover that. It was it was great. Yeah, um, Des- I feel like d- I should. Despite the issues with the with the camera, which doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense to me that man. Don't even give. Had, I was that battery had. Half life, dude. Half I was. I'm not gonna it lie to you. Doesn't make any sense. I'm not gonna lie to you. By the time the second event was done, and that com- camera shut off, my anxiety went through the roof. Yeah, I was. I had to like. I think I had to like step outside, like breathe, because I know that I was the only one on camera duty, and it was my first time ever doing it. So obviously, with all that on on my shoulders, I did not want to mess up, and. uh the story got published. I see photos, so there's no stress, no harm done. That's over yeah, with. We're good. That's over yeah. with. So there's always solutions. There's always, there's always solutions. solutions so. Yeah, my camera. Believe it or not, by the time I was done at the swim meet, my camera was at my phone was at 15. So my phone went through it all, and I am so proud of this phone for surviving. But before we wrap up the swim, I feel like I should say the names of the girls I got. That are going to state. Uh, <clears throat> Avery Bells, Leela Glenn, Cam Crosby, and Ella Cabbage. Congratulations. Good luck down there and uh, bring it home. 
bring home for TC Titans. All right, uh, we'll go over the uh, cross-country state championships uh, real quick before we get into the athlete interviews uh, that we have uh, coming up. So we had Hunter Jones, four-time winner, tying records, uh, sent uh, a setback in, uh, I think, by Ryan Shea is the, uh, one of the only uh, f- uh, four-time winners, and... Uh, of, of Central Lake fame, of course, the late Ryan Shea. Uh, Aiden Heron uh, finally uh, broke through and won her first uh, state championship after finishing, I think, fifth as a freshman and then second uh, last year. Uh, we had St. Francis. The St. Francis girls win their first state championship since 2016. <clears throat> Uh, we had the Johannesburg Lewiston girls win the first state championship ever in cross country uh, for the Cardinals. Uh, and then a couple of first or, or a best for the Traverse City Central boys uh, who finished second overall. Uh, and that's the first or it's the best finish they've had uh, and since 1996. And that was before they were even central. That's uh, when a year before Central and West uh, split off into two schools. And then the St. Francis boys finished second as well, and that was the first time in the history of the uh, the boys program that they uh, made the podium. So uh, big ups to all of the, the runners uh, that represented Northern Michigan uh, on Saturday. I, we got a phone call from uh, legendary uh, running coach John Lober, and he was just gushing about how proud he was uh, of the Northern Michigan runners. He, he, I mean, he legitimately sounded emotional on the phone when I was talking to him. Uh, he was, he was like a proud Papa. So happy to see all of these, these great runners in Northern Michigan doing some great things, uh, winning state championships, breaking records, setting firsts, you know, all, all wonderful stuff. Uh, you know, I know you guys are going to get into what Hunter Jones uh, did when you talk to him, but I mean, if you look at his day, won a record-tying fourth state championship, set the record in Division Three for fastest time, won Mr. Cross Country because he was the fastest boys runner uh, that day, uh, and then he also uh, set the second fastest final finals time uh, behind Dathan Ritzenhain, uh, who set that 14.10.4 mark back in 2000. So uh, just incredible. Do you guys have any other thoughts, or should we toss it to the interviews? I say we let them speak for themselves. Let them speak. Yeah. Dude. So let's get into those interviews right now with cross country state champions Hunter Jones of Benzie Central, Aiden Heron of Buckley, and Sophia Ryan of Traverse City St. Francis. is happy to have three of the top cross-country runners in the area, Traverse City St. Francis senior Sophia Ryan. Thanks for having me. Buckley Jr. Aiden Heron. Yes, thank you. And Benzie Central senior Hunter Jones. Yeah, thank you. Um, pretty historic day on Saturday for cross-country in, in northern Michigan, uh, I, would, I would say. I mean, obviously you doing something that's only been done a handful of times in state history, um, but just all the teams that won, all the individuals that won, um, how much 
how kind of close is the cross country community up here where you're rooting for each other down at MIS at the, at the finals? Um, I would say we're definitely very supportive of each other. Like we watch all the races, all the divisions. I was super excited to see that eight in one and see Hunter's time. We definitely all support each other and want everyone to do well. I have to agree with that. I mean, watching your guys' team win, it was very exciting. And then watching Hunter cross the finish line for the fourth time was pretty amazing. Yeah, I mean, I definitely look for those up north faces and uh, cheer them on. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. it was did you were you kind of feeling some pressure going into the to this finals? Being you had to kind of complete that quartet of state titles. I'd say it was the most nervous I've been out of all of them which was odd because, you know, it was the largest margin of victory, you know. Like, I have the largest margin of victory in D3 state history now of a minute and five seconds. But I was, like, I was crazy nervous. I was a wreck before. I had to go on, like, a walk before the race just to, like, calm down. So, yeah. <laughs> so what, what were you able to get done in a minute and five seconds before the second person finished? <laughs> well... So the people interviewing me wanted to, like, start the interview, but I told them, no, like, I want to wait and see, like, the finish of two and three because it was close. And uh, the guy from our region, Clayton Ackley, um, edged out the guy from Ithaca, I think, and uh, by, like, three hundredths of a second. So I, that was cool to watch. But, yeah, just, mm -hmm. yeah. Um. You just talk about the uh, the other. How much do the other teams in Northern Michigan help push you guys to do and accomplish what you've accomplished? Being that uh, Northern Michigan is so strong in cross country as a whole. Um, I think for us, the Elk Rapids girls have been really strong all year, and they're in our conference. They're in our region. They were at the meet in between conference and regionals, and they were second to us all the time. And we definitely want them to do well. We also want us to do well. And they've been really strong all year. So that definitely pushed us, like those that other um, Northern Michigan team. Um, I think mine would be um, having a team there. It not only pushed the teams around us to do better and make them faster, but it also pushed me to be faster because I wanted to do great for my team, which then caused more teams to be faster, more students to be faster and then me to be faster in the long run. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, so now I'll, I'll get to some of the uh, individual questions now. So, um, now so, Sophia, I heard that um, when you were doing the cross-country camp before the season um, <laughs> that you, you forgot your bedding. And I had to sleep on this kind of yeah. sketchy mattress. That's true. I'm a very <laughs> prepared person. I make lists for, like, everything that I have to do. I'm super, like, particular about everything. And I, my team asked me to make a list, because I'm the team captain, of what they needed to bring to camp. So I made a list of running clothes and everything you would need for camp. But somehow I forgot sheets and a pillow. So that never made it onto my list. So I didn't bring sheets or a pillow. Somehow all of my teammates remembered, but I didn't. So <laughs> I was just sleeping on the... the Leelanau camp mattress, but you know we made it work. So, <laughs> yep. <laughs> it all turned out right. Yeah. Um, what? What's something? Have you ever forgotten something at a race? You like forget your shoes? My spikes. I forgot my spikes. Um, it was one of our bigger meets. I remember, and I called my mom 
I said, Mom, I forgot my spikes. We were like an hour and a half away. And she goes, well, where are they? I'm still at the school. I was like, they're in my car. Okay, where are your keys? In my bag that's with me. Where are your spare keys? I don't know. <laughs> so my mom paid more money to get my spikes out of my car than it, it would have been to just go buy new spikes. I was so sad. <laughs> How much did it cost to do that? It was like $150. How did you do on the run afterwards? I ended up winning, <laughs> and I got my spikes. She got them there on time? Yes. All right. Well, yay. Your mom is, is your mom the superintendent? Yes. Okay. Yes. So you have to, do you, do you feel like a pressure then that you have to be perfect and do everything right being, really. the, being that your mom's a superintendent or do you get a little more leeway i get a little more leeway i think yeah yeah my mom was a high school teacher so i kind of in the same realm of like people working out of school like that pressure of oh like mm-hmm. your mom works for a school like shouldn't you be like uh, i don't want to say like the good child but like you like you said i have a little more leeway like yeah. you, can, you have a little you can do a lot more things mm-hmm than what most students can't do. Mm-hmm. So I feel you on that one. So I, I kind of had the same thing. I was a preacher's kid. <laughs> so I got a lot of leeway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you almost took a wrong term when you were a freshman, right, in the state finals? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I'm kind of known for going the wrong way in a cross-country race. <laughs> I've done it at least. Uh, at least five times where I've been disqualified. Um, so, yeah, lack of uh, walking the course before and knowing where I'm going, I guess. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. Are you going to make Coach Kelly pay up for the golf cart that he owes you <laughs> for uh, for the race that you beat him in? You know, probably not, but I'm still pretty mad about that. He he did tell me if I caught the golf cart, then I'd get to keep it, but okay. never happened. Do you, do you have it? No. Whose golf know. cart was it? Wow. Huh? Whose golf cart was it? Or was it just at Crystal Downs? I think it was the, just the school's golf cart. But it was like, it was dying, so they were going to buy a new one anyway. But I think they ended up just throwing it out. So It's supposed to, supposed to be yours, man. Could have been kidding, yeah. Yeah. So you want to race against a golf cart? Well, I mean, it was it was dying. Like. Well, yeah. <laughs> but but yeah. still. And you were pretty young when this happened, right? Yeah, I was like seventh grade, maybe. <laughs> Beating a golf cart way back then. Yeah, man. Wow. Uh, so one thing Aza told me to ask about was your, your eating contests on YouTube. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, so Matt Stoney, he's a professional eater, and he like inspired me to uh, kind of start trying to do that. I don't know. I don't know if it's a good idea to put that, like, online, but, you know. So what were you doing? What were um, you eating? Uh, one time I had a double cheeseburger, and I ate as fast as I could. What was, how fast are we talking here for a double cheeseburger? I think I had a double cheeseburger and, a, and like, a glass of milk in less than, like, two minutes. And then... Uh, Bowl of cereal. Bowl of cereal. That, <laughs> that one. I had a whole box of cereal in like nine minutes or something. A whole box of cereal. I gotta, yeah. I gotta ask. You With milk or without? With milk. There we go. It's got to be even more impressive to have it with the milk. 
Did you go running after that? No. Is <laughs> <laughs> that just carbo loading? Yeah. yeah. Um, and you have a thing with chicken legs, right? Yes. <laughs> so what do you uh, I think I have nine pairs of chicken leg shorts. I have their keychains. I have their stickers. I have a few of their shirts. I have a lot of chicken legs. <laughs> what is it about them? They're just cool, fun shorts. Yeah? Yeah. All right. Um, trying to go over my list here of stuff to ask. Um, well, you, actually, the two of you won the Ryan Shea last year at the at the honor roll meet what do, what do you do with trophies um mine's sitting on my windowsill next to some other trophies next to my bed it's pretty pretty cool I like that. Mm -hmm. um mine sits in the dining room <laughs> so everybody can see it um so wow. it's funny because i won it last year too so i had to bring it back for the race so it's been there for the past, like, two years, except for, like, the week that I had to bring it back for the race, like, to give it back to the yeah. to the people for them to hand it out again, you know? Mm hmm But, yeah. Well, now you know what to do this year when you have to bring it back and probably ultimately win it again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, put it back in the same spot. <laughs> Is there a reason why it's in the dining room table? Like, is that, like, just something that your family wanted to do? Was that your choice? Or is Probably, uh, ran out of, probably ran out of room for our trophies. I guess I just wanted to put it there. I guess. I don't know. <laughs> it's a pretty sweet That's awesome. Though. Yeah. Hey, guys, look. Would you, what are, you, are you just going to do the same thing with it if you win it again this year? Probably, yeah. Uh, same, uh, same place? Just yeah, maybe. I don't know. We'll see. Maybe a kitchen table. Yeah, maybe. Maybe we'll move it downstairs, too. Yeah, you could put it in the dining room table and I have could. both of <laughs> you pick, take pictures of the dining room tables and put it out on Twitter or something. <laughs> um, so you go to Coach's house quite a bit in the off season, right? To use her Peloton. I do, yes. She says you have to use the GPS every time. No, 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 no. <laughs> the first few times, I'm, I'm not amazing with directions, and I right after I learned how to drive, I was like very nervous about you know getting lost and not being able to turn out of a place or something. Yeah. So. Yes, so I used the GPS to her house multiple times to get there. But now I've got it where I can get there without the GPS. That's not, I, I still use GPS to get a lot to a lot of the high schools in the area. Yeah. And okay. nothing else because it's because it gives you what your arrival time is going to be, so I know whether I'm going to be <clears throat> on time or not and whether I have to rush or not. But You're not alone. I'm not even from here, so I have to use a navigation in order to get to places. So don't, don't, feel, don't feel embarrassed. Mm-hmm. How cool was it that you guys got the police escort into town after winning the state yeah, title? Yeah, that was pretty cool. We we didn't we didn't really know what was going on. We thought we were getting pulled over. <laughs> <laughs> we were so confused, and then and then our coach got off, and and me and one of the the boy one of the senior boys because the boys got second, so they also had a trophy, and we got called up to the front of the bus to like hold on to the trophies, and we didn't know what was going on, and then then we realized we were getting a police escort back to the school, and our the bus driver like ran the railroad tracks, ran the red light. It was, it was crazy. We had music blaring. It was a lot of fun. It was a good day for our team. Nice. Um, so I heard that for Halloween, there was a little girl in Buckley that went as you for Halloween. Yes, no that way. did happen. Uh, she wore, she bought her own chicken leg shorts. 
She wore one of my old jerseys, and um, I gave her, like, some of the souvenirs that I won in some of my races just for her to, like, wear, and I gave her, like, the hair ribbon and stuff, and she's a, like, adorable little blonde girl. Looks just like me, too. It was so cute. Who is it? Her name's Becca Schultz. Okay. Mm Mm-hmm. What was the... What did she tell you why she wanted to do it? I mean, just um, she looked up to you? It's because she looks up to me, yeah. Yeah? Oh, yeah. That's cool. Mm-hmm. And you used to go to Buckley, right? Through, like, middle school? Yeah. Okay. What, uh, what's the difference, biggest difference between Buckley and Benzie? The mm. size. Yeah, probably, like, <laughs> the, the size. I mean, my senior class is only, like, 64 students now. I'm we, 30. We, we dropped from 110 my freshman year but um yeah no it's just so much bigger than Buckley I guess and yeah I don't know yeah uh what was what were your all of your experience during the races with the weather I know up here it was pretty rainy at times very windy did that impact the finals much pretty windy which was the wind was definitely what I noticed the most but I mean true cross country the weather's always pretty insane especially at MIS the weather's never normal so it was yeah Hmm. definitely affected my time not what I was going for but it was it was rough like getting out coming into the finish it was hard to make it push through yeah Hmm. yeah I'd say the same thing like it made my legs pretty dead after about 1K because the first 1K is straight into the wind. And, yeah, I was just trying to hang on the rest of the time pretty much. So, <clears throat> With all mm-hmm. three of you guys being from here, all of you guys have ran through terrible weathers at any given point. Was this the worst for you guys ever as far as running of it, running-wise? Because we're talking snow. Like you got, I know I talked to you early. You were like one of the first person I spoke to throughout this whole area. And I asked you about running in the snow, and you said that was something that you, you you do, but you don't like it, but you wind up doing that. But you guys, running in the snow is something that comes with living out here. Was running at the, was it MIS, I believe? Mm-hmm. Is that one of the worst you guys have had to deal with? Yeah, the wind is my least favorite running conditions. I very much dislike running in the wind. The snow, I would rather have snow than wind, but it is what it is. I think it was definitely the worst that I've had this year, not okay. overall, but okay. I don't like running the cold. I am a warm person. I like to be warm, and it was freezing at MIS with the wind. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, it was it was bad, um, but uh, yeah, I'd say it's the worst this season. Um, I think I don't like hills. You know, hills are terrible, <laughs> and you get it a lot up here, especially in northern michigan races so i mean it's just got to it's something you have to deal with but yeah there you go. Mm-hmm. okay um so you were talking about after the the finals that one of your teammates like the the best the favorite thing afterwards is that she didn't have to do an interview <laughs> yeah betsy skenzel is one of my teammates she's awesome she's super fast and she's a very quiet girl um, and she said that the best thing about Saturday, aside from the girls winning states, was that she didn't have to be interviewed. So she was very happy to walk away from MIS without having to get interviewed. Now, how did she get away without being interviewed then? I, I don't know how she got away because she ran super well and our team won, but none of us got interviewed, so she was very happy about that. 
Um, okay, so favorite flavor of Gatorade? That's got to be like a runner's thing, okay. right? Okay. Um, so, Rainberry is my favorite Gatorade flavor, but my favorite Gatorade drink is G Fit. I drink G Fit like religiously, so. Yeah. Oh. Interesting. Okay. I don't like Gatorade. I don't like flavor. I love water. Can't do flavor. Go. Okay. Yeah, I have to agree with Aiden there. I definitely drink a lot more water. <laughs> Sorry, Hunter. <laughs> um, but I do, I drink Gatorade after, like, really hot track meats or cross meats sometimes. Um, and my favorite is the white cherry, like the white one. Mm-hmm. It's almost like the, uh, what's, that, what's that football movie with Adam Sandler? Where it's taunting, oh, uh, him, taunting him about water Gatorade, boy. the water boy. Water boy. He's going to be taunting you about, about Gatorade. Um, who's, who are the, some of the most famous runners that you guys have been able to hang out with over the, the course of your, your high school careers or even before? My freshman year, after I ran the Cherry Mile, Desiree Linden was there, and she signed my Cherry Mile singlet. So I have my Cherry Mile singlet from my freshman year has her signature, and that was pretty sweet. I remember talking to her, and, yeah, she's pretty cool. Um, mine would be probably Paul McMullen. I got to see him at all of our camps that me and Hunter used to go to, and I have pictures with him, autographs from him, um, and I actually get to now race with his um, quotes on my jersey for indoor. Okay. Um, I mean, I'd have to agree with Aiden on that. Like, Paul, I look up to him very much. Um, he inspired our, our Up North Track Club for indoor. But um, <coughs> I also train with uh nick willis he's a silver medalist in the 1500 um and he's gonna help me train this winter to try to uh break sub four in the mile so <clears throat> nice um i was also told to ask how many uh sit-ups and push-ups you you do or you did when you were a kid yeah <laughs> i don't do that anymore but um when i was little my dad like wanted me to be like super strong like my core super strong, my shoulders super strong, so that I could carry my arms and like, so I wouldn't, I don't know, fall apart during a race, I guess. So he made me do like 100 push-ups and 100 sit-ups like before I went to bed every day. And I guess it, it was good. I mean, I feel like it helped me a lot, but. It worked out. Yeah. <laughs> did, you, did you guys ever do anything like that when you were, when you were younger getting ready for, no. for running or was running more of a recent thing? I used to do like extremely long planks in my bed and we, I had a bunk bed with my sister and I was on the top top bunk and I'd get up to like 15 minute planks and she would always complain that the bed would start shaking because I'd be like shaking on the top and she'd be like, Sophia, you're doing another plank? I would do it every night before bed. But now I just do a core workout in the morning so I don't do planks and we don't have bunk beds anymore. 15 minutes? Yeah. <laughs> Is that the longest? I can't No, there's, I, uh, there's people who have do you ever like start doing a plank? Mm -hmm. I've, no, I've never done. A, I've never. I've never done hard. a plank. Then that's what I'm Zero times. <laughs> the longest for me is two. What uh, I'm doing, fifteen. That's a small. Is that the longest? Yeah, fifteen was the longest. <laughs> now, I, uh, now I'm curious because it just seems like. I've, do you have a PR time for that? No, I. <laughs> I like a good thirty seconds. I have the weakest arms and weakest core ever. <laughs> you? Uh... <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, I'm sure Aiden could tell you, but during middle school cross country, we'd have like playing competitions. <laughs> and I remember one time, I don't even know, I was like still going after after practice was over, mm-hmm. and uh, everybody was yelling at me to stop. <laughs> and I remember like I couldn't lift my arms the next day, so. Well, we did sit on you. Yeah, they they made me stop, yeah. which was. Is that how you get him to stop? Yeah. Somebody sat on him. Yeah. yeah. He sat on him. <laughs> That's impressive. I'm sorry. That's, oh. <laughs> nice. Um, yeah, I, I'm very. This is for you. Um, learning basically everything about you and all the records that you've broken. Your name is everywhere. People all across Northern Michigan know who you are at this point. Have honestly, you still have a whole long ways to go. But has doing the Olympics, has that ever crossed your mind? I mean, yeah, it has has a couple times. Um, Or even like the world track and field meet that they do out in Oregon. I know they had it this past summer. Yeah, I mean, it's something that I definitely want to do. But I just just think to myself, like, it's, it's very hard to do. And, like, they say, like, well, like three percent of high school athletes go to college, and then two percent of college athletes make it to like onto professional like careers. Mm-hmm. So, I just have to like you just take keep it day on by day. it. Yeah. Okay. And if it happens, it happens. You know. So. Fair enough. Yeah. Hmm. Fair enough. Are you gonna do track too at Wake Forest, or just cross country, or? Yeah, um, cross country, indoor track, and outdoor track. Okay. What what events and track are they gonna have you do? Are they gonna have you do some of the the weird ones like steeplechase or anything? No, I don't think so. <laughs> um, but I'd say I'd say the longer events, just because I'm stronger in them right now. I mean that could change, but right now probably 5k and 10k on the track, which doesn't sound fun, but mm-hmm. yeah. Did you guys get police escorts? Mm-hmm. You did. Well, yeah, we did. Okay. So. I don't want to shout my school out and and make them like not seem good, but I've haven't really gotten. I've gotten like one, I think. They they told me this year that they were gonna wait to do something for my signing because my signing's this Wednesday, so they said they weren't gonna have a police escort for me. But Just yeah. Oh, your national letter and yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm signing. I'm yeah on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. At the yeah. school, at home. Yeah, at at, at the school. school in the auditorium. I think. I think. Lunchtime. No, it, I think you guys will be there. I think it's the afternoon. Honest. There's a lot of like press that's gonna be there. That's what they hope. Yeah, me. I think it's in the afternoon. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And Luke Hazelton's doing his, like an hour later. I think. Okay. Oh, the, wow. the Glen Lake basketball player. So if you wanted to, you could swing out there. That's what I'm saying. Wednesday's my day off. It just happened to fall that way. Wednesday's my day off because I'm going. <laughs> I gotta go. I gotta go to Manton and uh, make sure that the hunting cabin is still standing. <laughs> um, I don't know, what else just kind of stands out about the cross country community up here and and just how it impacts people and. There's definitely a lot of great northern Michigan runners. I mean, it's mm-hmm. 
pretty apparent. We had a lot of success at MIS with St. Francis and Joburg and Buckley and Benzie and there's yeah, there's a lot of great runners up north and I think everybody all the runners kind of know that and like we said earlier we all really support each other and we want all the up north teams to do really well i think my sophomore year for the track state finals the um the top seven so top eight on the track is all state and seven of the top eight girls were from our region in traverse in like northern michigan which was pretty cool so mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I think up north is just different because we are all so close. Like, no matter where we go, we'll find each other, we'll be nice to each other, we're always supportive of a, each other's accomplishments. It's just kind of different than going down state. I mm-hmm. like it. And you're probably running against the same competitors mm-hmm. from the same schools in yep. most meets. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd say people that are maybe, like in cities, they have more advantages. Like down state, there's... There's a higher population. They have they have more advantages like for training and coaching and stuff like that. And I feel like up here in northern Michigan, like you just have to work harder for the things that you get. So I feel like runners are stronger stronger physically and mentally. So mm-hmm. Do you guys think there's a bond? <clears throat> this bond is a lot stronger than it has been in the past because you guys speak so highly of all of each one of each like each other. Do you, do you guys feel that, like, as the years progress, like, the more close-knit community of runners up here in northern Michigan compared to down south? Yeah, I would say that. I don't know the down south schools as well. But, I mean, kind of as Hunter said, like, those schools are bigger and have more access to things anyway, so they're not um, maybe looking for mm-hmm. that community within the schools. Yeah. So I think that's something that up north has, like, you know, we find that community within. It's like the up north community. It's not just one school. No, it's just, you guys. We're talking like all the way up there. We're talking Charlotte mm-hmm. Boy, Petoskey, and then mm-hmm. all the way from where you, Benz, Benzie, and well, Manton, and all these, all, all these schools. You guys all like seem like y'all grew up together. Yeah, it's pretty For cool. Sure. Like, mm-hmm. Aiden cool. and I raced each other in like elementary cross country yeah. at like Grand Traverse cool. Academy, and now you know we're she's winning state titles and. We're winning state titles. And you guys, you guys awesome. are still communicating and still talking to each other. That's mm-hmm. really cool. That's cool. Mm-hmm. And what's the what's the craziest thing that's happened to each of you um, during a race? We lost a shoe. Aside from the going the wrong way, maybe. Um, okay. I mean, I raced at Pine River one time, and there's this huge pine cone, and it stuck to the bottom of my spike, and I had to run like two miles with this pine cone on the bottom of my foot. And I rolled my ankle, like, at least 20 times in that race just because, like, there's this huge pine cone on the bottom of my foot. And, like, I thought about it, and if I would have just stopped and took the pine cone off, I probably would have ran faster than I did by trying to just run on it the whole time. (laughs) But, yeah. Um, My craziest thing would probably be... I was running a race, and there was this huge, huge hill in the middle of it. And it was this little tiny golf cart. And I remember I was going up the hill, and the golf cart was going up the hill, and I started getting closer and closer and closer. And the guy gets off the golf cart, stops it, gets off, and says, you need to pass me. So I pass the golf cart, and then it comes up the hill after, like, ten minutes, only to turn around and just go back down the hill. And I was like, you got to be kidding me. <gasps> so then it just cut me off, and I was just so mad. That's okay. <gasps> 
was he was he somebody there from the race or was it was he just a spectator or he was the front of the race showing everyone where to go but uh. I, I don't know he messed up <laughs> <laughs> i don't think i've had anything that crazy happen to me in a race before i've definitely gone the wrong way a few times that's definitely happened it started hailing in the middle of our race our regionals race which was definitely i remember we were trying to like decide do we wear gloves do we not and i dropped my gloves at the start because i didn't want them and then it started hailing and i just remember thinking to myself i really should have worn them <laughs> but <laughs> like high this is very random how do you guys decide what shoes you want to go with is it just like a feel is it just what you have been running in like throughout the season because i know that's like a thing like runners just try to figure out what shoes they want to go with because you guys have a lot of shoes like let's be honest how many do you, do you guys have all more than 10 pairs of shoes let's be honest yeah, yeah. so how do you decide which one to go with um i'd say for training shoes i don't know i just i i get everything with training shoes i have every brand i have I have Puma running shoes. Okay, so so like, how do you decide? Yeah. Like, of all of what you just said, this is a shoe I'm wearing for state. I mean, <laughs> I guess it's just a trial and error. Like, when I was younger, my dad used to get me, like, these, like, shoes from, like, Walmart or something. And, like, <laughs> I was like, no, like, that's not good. <laughs> and... Yeah, so I guess it's trial and error and just what feels the best and you go with I it. don't know. You go with yeah. Are you guys the same way or is it completely different? Yeah, pretty pretty similar. I have you know, shoes for training and then obviously spikes for racing. We got we got matching spikes for our team for states this year as a donation, which was pretty sweet. And um, I didn't I had I already had the spikes that our team was getting, but mm -hmm. mine were a different color. And so for states, I really wanted the same color as our team. So one of the boys happens to have really small feet. So I got his spikes after. So I, I tried this the night before to make sure it was going to work. And, okay. and I got his spikes <laughs> after the race and put them on. So I had the same spikes as everyone on our team. Wow. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Were they like yellow or something? Yeah, they were bright green. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. So I don't have a random. Well, my selection is like orders. I'm very organized. And I had tendonitis in my knees, so my shoes have to be, like, perfect, the same shoes. Well, depending on the workout I'm doing and where I'm running, that'll determine my shoes. Like, if I'm on trails, I got my sweet trail shoes that are super cushiony. But then if I'm on speed, I got, like, like flat, like, speed shoes. And then if I'm on roads, I got, like, these brick shoes that I wear so I don't, like, hurt anything. Yeah. Mm -hmm. How many pairs of shoes do you guys have? Mm. A lot. I'd <laughs> say, for me, I have about... I don't know, like at least 20 running shoes. And then I have like four pairs of spikes that I wear. Mm -hmm. I can't give a number. There's too many. <laughs> More than 20? There you go. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't have quite that many. I probably have around 10-ish. Yeah. yeah. Still, Still a good number. Do you, do you find yourself getting picky about regular shoes? I'm a lot yeah, less yeah. picky about regular shoes than I am about running shoes. Running shoes I'm much more particular about. Yeah. 
I'm picky. They have to <laughs> look nice. They have to like <laughs> go with everything, and they have to feel comfortable, and they just have to be. They have to be it. Mm-hmm. I mean, to be honest, I wear like slides to school half the time. <laughs> so, like, yeah. Slides are awesome. I just, I just look for what's most comfortable. Yeah. I would, I would walk into work in with slides, but I feel like I would get judged <laughs> a lot. Maybe. I know that's what I'm saying. I would. I would be exactly the same way as you. Yeah. Like when I when I get home, I just put my slides on. It's just. Thank you. Thank you for saying that. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank all three of you for coming in, giving us some of your time here, and uh, congratulations for all your accomplishments throughout the season. And Aiden's got one more year left, so mm-hmm. uh, maybe again next year. Yeah. So, uh, but thanks thanks for coming, making the trip, and uh, and best of luck and everything in the future. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. All right, thanks again to Hunter Jones, Aiden Heron, and Sophia Ryan for, for joining James and Jordan. Uh, in the Get Around studio, and thank you to Saint, my dog, for joining me on the couch right now. Uh, We'll get into the Get Around uh, Hall of Fame, and obviously all of those state champions are immediate inductees into the most exclusive club in northern Michigan. Uh, So congratulations to all of the cross-country state champions. But we wanted to throw some other nominees out there as well, and... uh, Jordan, I'm going to kind of steal your thunder here. Uh, and even though you, even though you saw her play mm-hmm. uh, in that five-set uh, thriller uh, against Sheboygan, even though uh, the Ramblers didn't win a district title, I'm putting up Boyne City's Morgan Deming. Uh, she was just on fire in districts uh, last week. In the five-set semifinal win against Kingsley, Deming collected her 1,000th career kill in the fourth set. And she had 52 kills, breaking her own school record uh, in that match. She also had two aces, served at 100%, three blocks, and 21 digs. That's about as, that's an overall game right there. She did everything in that game. Uh, and then in the uh, district finals loss to Sheboygan, she still was great. 45 kills, 17 digs, 10 serve receptions, and two blocks. So Morgan Deming, uh, great way despite not the ending that you wanted uh, with the district win still ended your you know, high school volleyball career on a incredible note. So, uh, James, keeping the volleyball theme going, your nomination. I'm going to put up, uh, we talked about it earlier with the, uh, the foot save and, uh, and Riley Yoakum. Um, that was just, uh, just an incredible play by itself, but she also had a very good match for the whole, for the whole match. I mean, she had 34 assists, which is, a lot in a three, a three-set match. Uh, yep. Eight eight digs, three kills from the setter position, and two aces. Um, so she produced quite a bit, um, along with uh, a lot of other players for Elk Rapids, obviously. But uh, but she's my nominee for Hall of Fame. All right, Jordan, your nominee. Yeah, I'm going away from the court. We're going to the pool. Um, I before I saw you were nominating Demi. Um, which is okay. I would, that was going to be mine as well. But then I'm going to the pool. Um, anyone who gets, anyone who qualifies for state deserves my nomination. So I'm going to the 200 relay team. 
there on the TC Titans this past Saturday. Lily Glenn, Cam Crosby, Ella Cabbage, and Avery Bills. Congratulations. Although Lil Avery has been a state before, so this is her second time. She did say she's excited to go with her friends because last year she was the only one. So not only is there one, but there's four going to be representing TC Tritons. So those, those are my nominations. My nominees. Oh, yeah. Alright, well we're going to do, since we're already putting in all the uh, cross-country state champions, we are going to do a vote this week. So we'll go backwards, and we'll start the voting with Jordan, and we'll go James, and then we'll go me. So who is getting in this week? I'm, I'm going to go with Deming. Jordan with a vote for Morgan Deming. Yeah, James. I'll, go, I'll go Deming too. I mean, 52 kills is just in, in a five-set match. is insane. Never heard of it. So, and, and getting right, a thousand so grip skill and, and on top of that. Yeah, let's go with that. Let's make it a, a queen, a, a queen, a clean sweep. Boom. Ooh. Uh, with, uh, I'll, I'll vote for Deming as well. Uh, congratulations to uh, all the cross-country state champions and Boyne City's Morgan Deming. You are the latest inductees into the Get Around Hall of Fame, the most exclusive club in northern Michigan. All right, boys, so I've renamed it. It's no longer the trifecta. We are now entering Happy Endings territory, all right? Because we're going to end the show on a lovely note, a happy note. It's going to be a happy ending for all of us, guys. But we do want to end this show on a, a happy note. And with we will do that uh, with, well, kind of a happy, kind of a, you know, a 50-50. I want to know if you, you guys have a hot take that you want to give me or an unpopular opinion of the last sports week. And uh, then your favorite thing in sports from the last week. So, anybody have a hot take or an unpopular opinion? I do. Um, we're all we're all upset that Houston won the World Series, right? Nobody okay, wanted cool. that. All right. Well, that was gonna yeah, because you know, I me being a Dodger fan, um, they are on my hate list. I because they stole the World Series from the Dodgers that year, 2017. I was at the game, Game Seven. So. I will never ever forgive the Astros for what they did, but on popular opinion, I'm actually very happy for Dusty Baker. Um, he deserves it. If there's anyone on that Astros team that deserves a World Series ring, it's Dusty Baker, California legend, Riverside, Riverside, which is literally 30 minutes from my house. So uh, yeah, that's my unpopular opinion. All right, James, you got one? I was kind of rooting for the Phillies too, um, but it's, it's nice to see Justin Verlander win a win a World Series. Um, Former Tiger, who never was able to get one here, got a couple since he left. Kind of uh, going the way of Matt Stafford, <laughs> leaving Detroit and then winning a title. <laughs> <laughs> so rough. But at least the Detroit Lions won a game. Finally, and beat the Packers. Beat the Packers. And beat the Packers. The defense played really well. Phenomenal. Uh, the Packers did not. The Packers did not play very well, man. They looked like. They looked horrible. horrible. They looked like the Lions in that, like, their players were getting hurt all over. Like, uh, like every time you, it seemed like every time you looked around, there was another player from Green Bay limping off the court. The, the line got hurt, field. the running back got hurt, the wide receiver got hurt, the defensive line got hurt. Yeah. Well, I'm going to keep, I'm going to keep both of mine uh, in, in the, the realm of the NFL. Uh, and, uh, I'm going to start with my favorite thing, and then I'll give you my, my hot take on, on popular opinion. My, my favorite thing is that it seems like, for the first time in the history of this franchise, that the Chicago Bears have a quarterback. Uh, 
a franchise quarterback in Justin Fields, uh, and that kid is so much fun to watch. Just incredible. He set the record for rushing yards by a QB in a game with 178, breaking Vic's record of uh, 173. Uh, I think he's like I think he's the only quarterback to ever throw three touchdowns in a game and rush for 140 or, or whatever he did. Just insane what he was doing. Uh, and so along with that, uh, my hot take is that I'm really happy that the Bears lost yesterday as well because it was really it was everything that a Bears fan could possibly want because they played well. They scored points. Justin Fields was incredible, and they improved their position in the draft by losing, which, which is what you're looking for when you've got a team that's rebuilding uh, like the Bears are. And so I will be. I will. My my hot take is that I'm I'm good with losing. Not only did they lose, but they did help the Steelers' second round pick get even better. So. That is true. So go that Bears. That is true. <laughs> yeah, there no, were don't go Bears. Looking nice. Looking nice. Don't go Bears. Yeah, there no, was Lions fans Bears. complaining after the game that, that we that we ruined our, our draft position by, by, beating, by, by, beating, by beating the Packers. <laughs> and I'm like, really? You're probably the same people who were a week ago were jumping off the cliff and saying that you should fire Dan Campbell and, and, uh, say and, this, man. and blow this team up. And now you're... Now you're upset that they won a game. He just, he just, I hate those. I cannot stand the sports fans who are who are never happy. Who there is always something to complain about. You're right because I, I guarantee you those same sports fans who were who were jumping off the cliff last week uh, because they weren't getting wins were pissed off because they got a win. So yeah, those those guys you. suck. They suck. I hate them and they should go away from from sports fandom. That's there's my hot take. If you're gonna if you're gonna complain all the time. Go away. Yep. Fact. I do have one favorite thing this past week in sports that which is awesome. Um so I am a college football junkie and I cannot believe I have waited so so long to say this. But for the first time ever, we will not have Alabama or Clemson in the college football playoffs since twenty fifteen. They both got well, Clemson got boat raced. By Notre Dame, which congratulations to Notre Dame, and Alabama lost in overtime to LSU. So congratulations, thank you LSU, and thank you Notre Dame for not only saving college football playoffs, but from having us to watch Alabama or Clemson again year after year. I'm so excited. Saturday was crazy for sports. I love it, both locally and and nationally. Facts. It, it was wild. Facts. And, and Sunday too. I, I I had one fantasy team on Sunday, where I have I played Justin Fields, and on the same team I had Joe Mixon. Wow, those two guys outscored Everybody. the entire team that I was playing. Wow, and well, it wasn't yeah, close. I think Justin Fields. I think Justin Fields had what like forty two and a half in, points in, yep. in this scoring system. It's yep. a little high scoring system. Okay. You get bonus points for like first downs and things too. So, uh, so he scored 67 points in that, and Joe Mixon had 68. My oh opponent my ended God. up with 98. <laughs> wow! But I mean, he's still got a kicker going tonight, you know. So he's so. he's only down by 203 points. Yeah, yeah not bad. 300 I think I think, I think, the, I think the kicker can. can I think my, my kicker can. And do that it. team of mine is only five, four and four going into this week, but I think that's the record in that league for highest scoring in one week. 301 points. Never seen that. All right, boys, anything else? 
James, you got any more favorite things, or was that your was that? Your oh, favorite? and I do want to add one I'm more good. thing. Uh, you mentioned earlier. I felt like they deserve more credit. Yeah, the Lions did beat the Packers, so they deserve way more credit than people are giving them. So, I'm sure there's they're getting plenty of it. They don't they don't need it on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, uh, thank you uh, to all of our Audible viewers for tuning in to episode 233 of the Get Around Podcast. Thank you to James. Thank you to Jordan. Thank you to everybody out there that helps us uh, do this job on a weekly, daily, monthly, yearly basis. Uh, Very much appreciated. Uh, Thank you for listening. And episode 233 of the Get Around is in the books. (laughs) 